Today, I want to bring you a Christmas message. Now, when you think about Christianity, it's really built on just two supernatural events. One is the incarnation or the birth of Jesus, and the other is the resurrection. Well, we're going to take a little look at the birth of Jesus, and then I want to talk to you about really getting uh, Jesus' message working very practically in your life. Uh, Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. When Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded, mindful or minded to put her away secretly. Now, in that culture, when you became engaged, to break off the engagement, you didn't like give the ring back or take the ring or something like that. It was actually like a divorce proceeding. And while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She'll bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, in my mind, I, I thought about Joseph having Mary come in and, and, and saying, uh, honey, uh, I'm pregnant, but uh, I know it's not another guy. God did it. <laughs> uh, I think that that would not be easy. In fact, I'm sure he's torn apart. Uh, he, he's hurt, he feels betrayed, he's mad, and he's like, you know, the, she, she was unfaithful. And as he's thinking about this, then angel appears to him and tells him, you know, go ahead, marry her. That child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know if an angel would have been enough. <laughs> like, you but, but here's, the, here's the thing. Uh, I know for sure that Joseph did not understand what was going on. And when he didn't understand what was going on, he still trusted God. He still trusted God. And if you serve God very long, there are things that happen and you do not understand. Now, it's in Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says the secret things belong to the Lord. And there are things that you will not understand until you get to heaven. And I'm actually glad because if we could figure out God with our peanut brain, there wouldn't be much there. And that's why the Bible so many times talks about mysteries. There's just things that when we get to heaven, you know, then, then we'll know as we're known. But now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face. When we get to heaven, there's things that we'll understand that right now, those things are simply mysteries. But it says he will save his people from their sins. That's what he came to do. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And the Bible tells us that same night, right outside of Jerusalem, and I mean, of Jerusalem, excuse me, of, of Bethlehem. And I mean, literally, like Bethlehem ends here and then six inches later, there's what is referred to as the shepherd's field. 
And the shepherds that were there were the shepherds who would watch the sheep that were going to be sacrifices in the temple. They weren't just any shepherd. They were a particular shepherd that had a particular sheep that they were taking care of, those that were going to be sacrifices. The angel appears to them and uh, stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were greatly afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I love what he said to start with. Don't be afraid because most people, even Christians, I find are afraid of God. When Adam sinned, the first thing that he did was went and hid. And when God said, what's going on? He said, well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. But the angel said, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. One translation says the best news ever announced. And it is for everyone. It's not just for a select few. This is available with this, with this Savior is going to do is available for everyone. There's born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He came to save his people from their sins and the consequences of sin. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Now, here, in any culture anywhere in the world, if you will look at that culture, there are people in the culture that are reaching out for God. They're doing something to reach to God. Every culture. Now, the thing that is different about Christianity is Christianity is not man reaching to God. It is God reaching to man. It is not man initiated saying, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll give up this and I'll give up that. It is God initiated and God saying, I see the need and I am going to provide the answer. So it's peace, peace on earth and good will towards men. God is not mad. God's not condemning people. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says he is no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. God is not holding your sins against you because of what Jesus did. Now, the result is there's forgiveness that's available. And when that forgiveness comes, we are not only supposed to receive forgiveness, we're supposed to give forgiveness. In fact, what, what the Christian community is supposed to be is the forgiven community of forgiving people. The forgiven community of forgiving people. In fact, in Romans 12, as Paul is explaining this, he says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, don't avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, if somebody slaps you, what does your flesh want to do? Your flesh wants to slap them back a little harder than they slapped you. And when you do, you perpetuate a cycle of repayment. Literally, sin, 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 you you perpetuate a cycle. And the Bible says, if you repay evil for evil, you are overcome by evil. And don't repay evil for evil. But when evil is done to you, repay it with, repay it with good. Uh, June the 28th, 1914. Duke Ferdinand was assassinated. On the 28th of July, Austria and Hungary declared war on Serbia and the Russians mobilized. On August the 1st, Germany declared war on Russia. France mobilizes. August the 2nd, Germany invades Luxembourg. August the 3rd, Germany declares war on France. August the 4th, Germany invades Belgium. August the 23rd, Japan declares war on Germany. August the 25th, Japan declares war on Austria-Hungary. August the 30th, New Zealand occupies German Somalia. October 29, Ottoman Empire launches a surprise attack against the Russian Black Sea coast. November the 1st, Russia declares war against the Ottoman Empire. as World War I breaks out, there was something rather, rather significant that took place about five months into the war. But we've got a short little video I'd like you to take a look at before I talk to you about it. Both sides had a Christian heritage. And on December the 24th, 1914, the Allied side, where the British were, were listening And they began to hear songs sung in German. And they were celebrating Jesus' birth. After a while, one of the German soldiers actually stuck his head and his gun up with a white flag on it. And one of the soldiers on the Allied side did the same. And they began to come out one after another. Then all of a sudden they began talking and exchanging cigarettes and snaps and chocolate. In a while, a soccer match got underway. They began to sing Christmas carols like Silent Night, each in their own language. Same tune, just different words. Uh, The next day, well, around 4 o'clock in the morning, this truce, everybody was back in their individual foxholes. But the next morning, the war was supposed to continue. Uh, The next day, there were areas where the soldiers simply refused to fire at the opposing side. Actually came up with no fraternizing with the enemy as a result of that. And many of the troops actually had to be moved because they were not willing to shoot somebody that they'd been playing soccer with 
and singing, celebrating Jesus' birth with the night before. Peace on earth and good will towards men. You know, Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, he taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I, I did not know this, but after the first service, somebody came up and said, uh, Garth Brooks, he, he sang a song about that, about that 1914 truce. And I just, I just want to read a little bit of it. As we lay there in our trenches, the silence broke in two by German soldiers singing a song that we all knew. Though I didn't know the language, the song was Silent Night. Then I heard my buddy whisper, all is calm, all is bright. Then the fear and doubt surrounded me, because I'd die if I was wrong. But I stood up in my trench and began to sing along. Then across the frozen battlefield, another voice joined in, until one by one each man became a singer of the hymn. Then I thought that I was dreaming, for right there in my sight stood the German soldier. He ends the song like this. But just for one fleeting moment, the answer seemed so clear. Heaven's not beyond the clouds, it's just beyond the fear. No, heaven's not beyond the clouds, it's for us to find it here. And I would say the kingdom of heaven is not beyond the clouds. The kingdom of heaven is here. It is here. But when you become a Christian, you receive forgiveness. But what God expects from us is that we extend that same forgiveness that we receive to others. And I know we live in a real world and there's wicked things that happen. There's people that are abandoned, that are abused. Uh, there's people that are raped. There's all sorts of terrible, terrible things that happen. But if there is no possibility of forgiveness from God and from another human being, no matter what the offense, if there is no possibility of forgiveness, the gospel is a fairy tale. Nothing more than a fairy tale in Christianity is a fraud. Because what Jesus said is he said, we are to forgive others as we're forgiven. In Mark 11, Jesus said, every time that you pray, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. I, I've literally had people say, you know, I'm trying to forgive. You know, they did this 20 years ago. Well, Jesus said that you can forgive when you pray. Then in five minutes, you can forgive anybody of anything. Because forgiveness, it's not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. It's a decision that you make. Jesus taught us to forgive as God forgives us. From the cross, Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They do not know what they do. In his resurrection, he said to his disciples, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Stephen, as he is being stoned, the first martyr, he, he cries out and he said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And I remember the Apostles' Creed. And, and let me, uh, some people say that each one of the apostles gave a line that's probably not true. But by the year 110, 
we had the Apostles' Creed in the very basic form that we have it today. And this is what it's, one of the lines say. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And we hear that and we think, yeah, I get forgiven. That's not what it's talking about. When it says, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, it's talking about our forgiving others the sins that they sin against us. And we're not trivializing the, a crime, abuse, murder, any injustice that somebody receives. How many of you know Jesus received injustices? But he forgave and taught us to forgive. In fact, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, as Jesus is talking about this forgiveness stuff, he says, how often shall I forgive? Up to seven times? Now, he thought, I'm being really generous. He's expecting Jesus to say, no, no, three is plenty. And Jesus looked at him and says, no. He said, 70 times seven. And by the way, that's in one day. In one day, 70 times seven. And this is what the disciples said. This is very important. He said, they said, increase our faith. Now, now, here's why this is important. Because forgiveness is not a feeling you forgive by faith. So then Jesus tells them this story. He said, there is a certain king. And he has a man who owes him 10,000 talents, which means nothing. So we, we did the research. Here's what it 10,000 talents is 150,000 years of wages. 150,000 years of wages. So you do the math for yourself. And he's brought before the king. This is what he says. Just have patience and I'll pay you everything. That's BS. Blatant sin. Blatant sin. I mean, there is no way. There is no, I don't care how many total money makeovers you do. You are not going... 150,000 years of wages. And he says, just, just have patience, and I will pay you everything. And, and the king looks at him and forgives him the entire debt, right there on the spot. He goes out, and Jesus said, he finds a fellow servant who owes him $2,000. How many of you, if you had a debt of $2,000, with time and sacrifice, you could pay your debt. I think everybody could say, yeah, I, I could do that. I could do that. So he said, please give me time and I will pay you everything. He takes him by the throat and he said, no. And he has him thrown into a debtor's prison until he can pay everything. His master hears about it, the king. And he calls him back. And he said, I forgave you that great debt. Shouldn't you have also had compassion on your fellow servant and forgiven them that debt? The guy is speechless. And he says, take him, give him to the tormentors until he pays off. And Jesus said, even so will my heavenly father do with each one of you if you do not forgive from your heart. Forgiveness is something that we expect from God. But so often we forget that what we're supposed to do because we've received forgiveness is we're supposed to forgive others. It's in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. 
where it says that unforgiveness, it's a root that springs up and causes trouble. You hold it in your heart very long and that root grows and sooner or later it springs up and causes trouble. The translator's New Testament says it spoils everybody's life. It doesn't just affect you. It's like a hand grenade or a hydrogen bomb. It just, it goes all around and it affects your family. It affects all the people whose lives you're touching. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give place to the devil, Ephesians 4. In other words, when we don't forgive, we give Satan an opportunity to come in and literally attack our life. Most people do not today do not know much about the genocide of 1915 through 1917. We know a lot about the Holocaust, but not much about the genocide that took place in Armenia, 1915-1917. One and a half million Christians were murdered. There were millions more who were raped and brutalized, forcibly deported. From the Armenian Genocide comes a famous story of a Turkish army officer who read, led a raid upon the home of an Armenian family. The parents were killed. The daughters were raped. The girls were given to the soldiers. The officer kept the oldest daughter for himself. Eventually, this girl was able to escape and later trained to become a nurse. In an ironic twist of fate, she found herself working in a ward for a wounded Turkish, where, for a wounded Turkish army officer. One night, by the dim glow of a lantern, she saw among her patients the face of the man who had murdered her parents before her eyes and so horribly abused her and her sisters. Without exceptional nursing care, he would die. And this is what the Armenian nurse gave, exceptional care. As the officer began to recover, the doctor pointed to the nurse and told the officer, if it weren't for this woman, you would be dead. The officer looked at the nurse and asked, have we met? Yes, she replied. And he asked, why didn't you kill me? The Armenian Christian replied, I'm a follower of him who said, love your enemies. She simply said, I'm a follower of him who said, love your enemies. For this Christian, no further explanation was necessary. For her, forgiveness was not an option. It was a requirement. And every one of us should have the same conviction, that forgiveness is not an option. It's a conviction. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He came. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. And you receive forgiveness. But he wants you to take that same forgiveness and pass that on to others. Forgiveness doesn't mean that they were right, that, that what they did wasn't wrong. And forgiveness does not mean that suddenly your mind no longer remembers. Here's what God said. He said, your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. He's simply saying, I'm choosing to forget. 
I'm choosing to forget. And I, I can tell you there are some things that have happened in my life that I have decided to forget. Things people have done, things people have said, I've just decided I'm not bringing that back up. It tries to come into my mind. I go, nope, that doesn't come. That doesn't come. Your sins, your iniquities, he will remember no more. He's not going over them in his mind. Jesus paid the price. They are forgiven. And people have done something to wrong you. Jesus paid the same price for them to be forgiven. And what we have received because of what Jesus did, we can give. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. God is not holding anyone's sins against them, and he wants us to take that forgiveness and forgive others. Would you bow your heads, please, for just a moment? To begin with, if you're here and you need to forgive somebody today, I want to just lead you in a very simple prayer to forgive that person. And remember, Jesus said you forgive from your heart. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a decision that you make by faith. So I want you to just simply say this in your heart. Heavenly Father, I forgive the person or the persons that did me wrong. I forgive those that have sinned against me. And I pray for them. I pray that you bless them. I pray you deliver them. I pray you reveal yourself to them. And I pray that they come to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. I demand no recompense. I turn them over to you. And I ask you to save them. In Jesus' name. Now as every head's bowed and every eye is closed. You now, one of the things that unforgiveness does whether we hold it towards someone else or we haven't received the forgiveness that God has for us. It allows the enemy to come in. And Jesus said he comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And why anyone would serve him one more day, I do not know. Because the best news that has ever been announced is there is forgiveness available to you. There is a new life available to you. And if you're here today and you don't know where you stand with God or you're away from the Lord and you say, I want to come home. I want to receive the forgiveness that God has for me. I want him to rescue me from what I've done and where I am. I want him to forgive me, to give me a new life. I want to be a part of his kingdom. I want to be a part of his family. I want to receive that forgiveness, fulfill the purpose that God has for me and begin to live the abundant life Jesus came for me to live. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. And when I say three, would you please lift your hand? And we're gonna to pray together. And God's gonna meet you right here in this place. Now, as you lift your hand, the first thing that you're saying to God is this. God, I know I need forgiveness. I'm a sinner. And I am coming to Jesus to be saved and to be forgiven. One. As you lift your hand, you're saying, today, I'm going to give Jesus all of my heart, all of my life. I'm holding nothing back. Two, get ready. As you lift your hand, you're saying, today, 
I'm going to receive the forgiveness that Jesus has for me. He's going to come into my heart. He's going to make me a new person on the inside, a part of your kingdom, on my way to heaven. Three, just lift that hand up. Pray with me. I'm not right, but I want to get right. I see that hand and that hand and that hand and that hand. And another to my right, another in the back, someone else up in the balcony. Include me, Pastor. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Others, I'm not where I should be, but I want to get right. Thank you. God bless you. Right. Would everybody please stand? Now, if you, if you lifted your hand, please look right at me. Nobody else moving, please. Right. Would you please move to the aisle that's nearest you, wherever that is. Bring whatever your coat, bring your purse, bring your Bible, bring the person that you came with. But make your way right down here. We're going to pray right here and God is going to meet you. And when we say amen in a moment, your past, it is going to be gone. You're going to be right with God. You're going to be a part of this kingdom. You're going to be on your way to heaven. Now, if you're in the balcony, please make your way down. We're going to wait for you. If you'll come, we want you to come right down here. And when we pray and say amen in a moment, it's going to be the most important decision you have ever made in your life. Jesus said, confess me before men, and I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. Give them a hand as they're coming. Awesome. God bless you. Man, God bless. God bless. Man, God bless you. Awesome. God bless. Man, God bless you. God bless. All right. Now, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, is what it says. It says, whosoever... That means you. Right? We'll call on the name of the Lord. Now, that's what we're going to do. We're going to call on his name the way the Bible shows us to. Right? And here's the promise. We'll be saved. So when we say amen, you pray this prayer from your heart. You're forgiven. You are right with God. You're a part of his family. And what he's going to do, he's going to come into your heart. He's going to make you a new person on the inside. All right. Ready? Right. Would you take one hand, place it over your heart, lift your other hand towards heaven. Still more coming from the balcony. Awesome. Awesome. Now, let me just talk to you for another minute then. Right. Now, you might feel something. You might not feel something. I can just tell you, when I did this, I didn't feel anything that day. All right. But it doesn't change anything because God can't lie. And it's not based on your feelings. It's based on his integrity. It's based on what Jesus has done for you and for me. And he says, you do this from your heart. It's done. Doesn't matter what you feel. It is done. Thank you for coming all the way down. All right, everybody. Once again, one hand over your heart, other hand towards heaven where our help comes from. And let's pray together. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. Victorious over sin, over death, over the devil. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. He's my king. And I will live for him every day. And I thank you. You have heard my prayer that I am forgiven. My past is gone. I'm a part of your family. 
today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.